recording and then I'm gonna get a drink and we can kind of start whenever we want. Okay. It's better without the EC. Right. Changing in my body. Yeah. Alright, so I say first thing we do is plug in the Barbieheimer episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh someone yeah. at work requested that I read the Barbie uh, synopsis when we do that. Okay. <laughs> For some reason. Well, whose synopsis? So you'll read the Oppenheimer one when we do that. I can read this one. <laughs> do we need the Oppenheimer synopsis? <laughs> you know, know what happens, I know. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happens. He makes the bomb. <laughs> he makes the bomb. I drop two Imagine the movie ends like he just fails. Yeah, it's like a Tarantino thing where it's like, alternate history. What if the Nazis won? What if the Jews killed the Nazis? Uh, Hitler. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to do the intro or should I? Uh, I forget who did it last time. I think I did. Okay, then I'll, I'll do this time. All right, ready? Where do you want to start? Welcome back to Cheapskate Tuesdays. This is uh, Big Sip and the Doom Prophet. Hi, it's me. I'm here too. <laughs> this week we saw Mission Impossible 15, uh, Dead Reckoning. <laughs> yeah, but wait, what actually is the number? Uh, let me pull it up. I think it's six. I think it's six too. I think it's six because we had... Mission Impossible 1 through 3, Ghost Protocol, yeah. Fallout, Fallout yeah. Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. So this must be I think I mixed those two up. Fallout was the last one. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't exactly matter. Only a few characters are returning, and every time the slate is wept, you know, swept clean every time. Right. Um, but this time... Oh, wait, wait. Before we start, okay, so we're going oh, to plug the, oh, yes. a very special episode of Cheap Steak Tuesdays. We're already deviating from the normal, and we're doing the classic Barbieheimer episode. Upon so. request from the uh, one of the first comments on our first episode. <laughs> yeah, so upon request, we're actually deviating from the norm, and we're doing an episode after we see uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer, which will be Thursday. So look for uh, episode dropping Friday. A very special episode. Yeah, on a release day, basically. Yeah, Jeez. release day. Oh, I'm ready for it, though. We're ready for like six hours in the cinema. <laughs> I'm ready, one way or another. <laughs> but uh, today, yes, back to Mission Impossible. Uh, we'll do a quick read of synopsis, and then we'll say our quick take. Yeah, okay, sure. <clears throat> Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Ethan Hunt and the IMF team must track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity if it falls into the wrong hands. With control of the future and fate of the world at stake, the deadly race around the globe begins. Confronted with the mysterious, all-powerful enemy, Ethan is forced to consider that nothing can matter more than the mission, not even the lives of those he cares about most. Whoa. Chilling stuff. A lot is at stake. <laughs> like every time. Uh, like every other time. Okay, so would you recommend Mission Impossible, Dead I, Reckoning Part 1? I recommend it. Okay. It... Go, yeah, I'll let you go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I also recommend it. I think it's a good um, cinematic experience. Yeah. Sort of like, 
guess we started out our podcast with Asteroid City, which was like reminding you why you go to the cinema for beauty and like composition. And this movie sort of like why you go to see movies for pure action. Because yeah. Tom Cruise has this reputation about him that he does all the stunts, you know, for real, essentially. Yeah. And it was heavily advertised for this movie. Right. And I think that's almost what these movies have become. They're more of a vehicle for like action than they are for anything else. So yeah. I think that, yeah, I would recommend going to see this movie in theaters. That's clearly how it's meant to be experienced. And yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Bring your dad. Nice, you know, yeah. father, son. <laughs> you know, dad loves Tom Cruise usually. Yeah. It's uh, it's very well made. You can tell, you know, the stunts when they're performed that you can tell a lot of work went into every single one of them. Right. And it, I believe they made a whole train just to wreck in this movie. So yeah. that alone makes me like you know give a little golf clap to that because that's uh, some impressive modern movie stuff yeah it definitely makes me appreciate you know movie magic uh i guess i've gotten really sick of these green screen movies because yeah even a franchise that i I don't love like i don't love mission impossible but i've seen them all because they're they're vehicles for like real movie magic stunts and you know stuntmen yeah working hard to try to perform these things and get yeah. it to the most realistic way possible yeah you really appreciate the craft because when you're seeing something it's not like you're appreciating some underpaid cgi developers you're appreciating yeah you know right. how how did they set that stunt up that must have been really hard yeah how many it, times did tom cruise ride his motorcycle over the edge i think it was like actually multiple times yeah i did see a little clip that it was it was more than once yeah and they're like they always get worried about him and it's like hey man yeah <laughs> you're getting a little older every time we do this yeah so i guess in the discussion of this movie we probably have to talk about how tom cruise is probably the last movie star that has like real selling power when it comes to the franchises or movies uh, yeah we, i think we were talking about this the other day yeah he i was wondering how much he like produces as himself that like, just being tom cruise because he's not in a ton of movies no. he's not like oh look it's tom cruise he made an appearance in whatever movie you know he's in like one movie every like couple year like the last one was top gun one one yeah. was top gun it was like two i think it was last year last year or summer movie of last year i'm pretty sure okay but he did the same thing. He had a little intro before the movie, like thanking you for coming to the cinema. Yeah, it feels very old fashioned. But yeah. it's like he's like oh, it's refreshing a in a weird way. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say it's actually refreshing, and it makes you feel almost like oh yeah, this is what the cinema is for. <laughs> yeah, it like does. you know, it's like oh that's interesting because most of the time it's like they you know you get in the seat. They show you 20 minutes of trailers of stuff you really don't want to see. Yeah. And then you get to a movie that's like 100% CGI now. Right. And you're just like, you kind of disappointed in the end because... Yeah. He he has this bizarre appeal to him because, you know, by all accounts, Tom Cruise is sort of a strange guy. Sort of. <laughs> I would say it's <laughs> absolutely bizarre. You know, at the beginning of these movies, he comes out and he's like, hey, you know what? Thank you for watching. I'm like, you know what? You're welcome, Tom Cruise. I'll come see your movies. Yeah, They're pretty they, good. <laughs> thank you, Tom Cruise, for putting craft in the movies. Yeah. And it's not like bonkers you are. It's not like Tom Cruise is the best actor, but he has no. incredible movie choice. He yes. knows what's going to work. He somehow, <laughs> despite being a millionaire and, you know, some Scientologist weirdo, he, he is... He feels like he's more connected to the heart of the average cinema goer than like most of Hollywood right now, and that is yeah. weird. What yeah. has happened, Hollywood? I don't know. And it, like a hundred percent, like you, you, ha- you, I end up separating the man from the craft. Yeah. You know, his his personal life is 
I don't, yeah, I don't care. Who cares? I don't really care. I don't care either. He does make excellent movies, and I separate the, his life from his craft in that sense. Yeah. And I, I kind of appreciate, you know, he doesn't, like, <laughs> try to shove any of that BS into the movie at some point. No, no. It's, it's He just wants to make a movie. He just wants to make a movie. And you know what? He, I guess he puts butts in seats, because... This was packed. It was packed. Yeah. Oh, wait, should we talk about our our cinema going experience <laughs> once again? Gosh, I don't know. Gosh darn. People. So this one, at least the cinema was air conditioned. Yes. Oh my god. We found if you go to the big screen, they pump they, some they air pump in that some room. Air in there. there was, of course, a crying baby. But why are who? Please stop with this nonsense. Why are people bringing babies to theaters? I don't at, know. What time do we go? Seven twenty. It's a three-hour movie, yeah. and this baby, we're watching, like, I'm not going to say who right now, but a character is dying on the screen, and yeah. I hear baby chuckles, yeah. and I'm like, please, I'm trying to have an emotional connection to the stuff that's happening on screen. It's it's still an upgrade from last time, and yes. since this movie was louder in general, I didn't hear it as much. I was going to say, there was scenes where it was just loud enough that just yeah. drowned so, out the yeah, baby. I don't know. All right, well, do you want to talk about what we like without spoilers? Or? Sure. Okay. Um, I definitely liked that it didn't like stop on anything. It, it moved. It kept moving. It was a hundred miles an hour. Right. No scene was bogged down by any kind of like well detail. Almost. It was I, like I'll agree, except for that one scene at the beginning. Oh sure. Yeah. So the scene I'm thinking of is the one where the director, what's his name, director, blah blah. Yeah. Is in the well, the seventeen directors are all in one room for somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But go on. Go on. Uh, And yeah, the the, so in the beginning of the movie, a um, a bounty is put out on another character. Uh, Things happen, and then all these directors are put into a room to talk about how cool Ethan Hunt is and how. (laughs) Well, no, they have to introduce the threat. The, the, well, they introduce a threat, but then they're like, but Ethan Hunt's on the mission. Right. And they start explaining to, was it the CIA director? I think so. Who's the, American. Who's, who's American and who's not in on the IMF thing. Yeah, one of those things where it's like, even this guy doesn't know about the IMF. Yeah. That's how cool the IMF and he's is. He's like, IMF is top secret. He's like, but I'm the CIA director. Yeah. And, of course... Um, it's really long and drawn out and they're speaking about how crazy this new threat is and how it's going to just topple the world once again. Right. So I think we can talk about the threat without major spoilers. So the threat in this movie is AI. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it, it is topical and maybe you've heard AI done to death, but it's, it's a credible thing. So it's not like, yeah, it's, it's not completely out there, you know. No. It's, it's a fine thread, and I think they use it well to the plot at different points. Sort of, it, it is a little silly. So, it's, oh, it's absolutely silly. They I'll spend, talk about some silly parts later. I want yeah, to talk about. So, so in the scene that I'm taking issue with, it's okay. um, so there's an intro action scene. It starts moving well, then it, it kind of slows down with this one scene, and you get the dialogue of what one person would say about how bad the AI is, but they spread the dialogue out between like 10 people and they just talk like they're robots, like finishing each other's lines. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, So I have this monologue about how bad AI is. Now just every sentence, just swap in another person, but there's no breaks in between it. So it's like 
10 people just robotically in this room and being like, this guy is really bad. And you know what else is bad about that? And I'm like, I mean, so a woman comes in and she's like, it's it's done this and this and this. And there's no stop. It's so weird. It's so weird. That but That's what I mean by like, there's no breakage. But at the same time, yeah. it only made me think, did they practice this before going yeah. to this meeting? I mean, they, yeah. they have nothing else to do. They had a choreography. It's like, we're going to do this little monologue for We're the director really so he knows how bad the threat is and yeah. also how cool Ethan is yeah so <laughs> it's so bizarre we're introduced to the, the threat which is uh, a rogue AI that has managed to get into the internet at large and essentially it's doing what everyone imagines AI will eventually do yeah and it's created a a world in which anything you see digitally cannot be relied upon to be true so mm-hmm. it's like you see an image oh the image is doctored by the AI real time you know, you try to look at security cameras. It's just making yeah. people invisible. It goes full ghost in the shell. Yeah, full, full ghost in the shell. This movie does have a lot of ghosts in the shell. Um, that's a famous anime, in case you guys are wondering. But it dealt with these, these sort of issues, what, 25, 30 years ago now? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so this AI goes rogue, and it basically no digital technology can be relied upon to be accurate. But there's a few cases where they don't really go far enough with that premise. So they say this AI can do anything, but if it really could, wouldn't immediately just like drive a drone into anyone that could do anything to thwart its plans? Yeah, like it. I I ended up thinking about the movie uh, Eagle Eye. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember so that. We Eagle Eye has a vaguely similar plot, and uh, it the, the same scene happens. A drone is immediately hijacked. Yeah, it's it comes after Shia LaBeouf and and you know company i i can't remember who else was in that damn movie yeah, I remember. It's too long. uh but you would almost imagine everything is trying you know could be at its disposal right uh, but at the same time it it gives you this um fate algorithm it keeps spouting about yeah so they sort of conflate this ai uh, I don't know about conflate, but they basically imply that it has godlike powers to determine like what the future holds. Yeah, it like does like a personality test on one of the uh, yeah. characters, and then now it can know exactly what that character is going to do at any circumstance. Yeah, so it's basically predicting all possible futures. There's no way to beat this thing. Blah blah blah. Except for it doesn't do the most logical thing and just like drive a drone. Yeah, into <laughs> everyone that can thwart his plans. Yeah, really. Just like Terminator style. Right. Just go full Terminator, send a drone after everybody who could stop it, (laughs) and then it could just be safe. Yeah. Okay, so premise aside, it is still a fun movie. Let's talk about what we like again. So back to... So yeah, we uh, I definitely enjoyed the stunts. I enjoyed his uh, intensity. He still brings intensity to the the role. Yeah. You can definitely tell every time something happens, he's like in the moment. He's still running at 30 miles an hour in every scene. You know, he has has the scenes where he's, you know, full bore running down some hallway somewhere. Yeah, Tom Cruise running, classic. I appreciate that he can still do that, actually. Yeah, I am amazed still at Tom Cruise's athleticism. And, um, yeah, like you said, there are, there are a few scenes in this movie where he's, like, really sending it. Oh, yeah. And you can tell he is because... It's like a close-in on his face, and it, it's no longer flattering to him. Like he's, yes. You can tell he's aging a little bit. And he, he's straining. He doesn't look so good. Yeah, he can definitely see some of the uh, the wrinkles really showing. And yeah. Especially, I think, in the uh, 
the scene where he's skydiving, you can <laughs> yeah. see his, uh, the wrinkles are really yeah, going no, no, hard. He, he still looks fantastic for his age. Absolutely. I wish. I hope I look like that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give him all the credits, and he's he's full sending it because it's you, can, you can see the effort yeah. in his face in some of these shots. And I'm sure he know. Yeah. You know, as everyone knows, these are the last two Mission Impossible's. Right. So I think he wants to make a really good final impression. He yeah. doesn't want to be like just in the shot. Like he, you know, this is his baby. I think. Yeah, definitely. There's no other series. I think he's credited as producer, right? Yeah, I, I think there's there's no other series that comes to mind when you think of even Tom Cruise at all. Like, yeah, there's a few when he was younger, but like it's like Top Gun, Mission Impossible. Yeah, I but guess Top in Gun terms only of has series. two movies. Yeah, and this has seven. It's gonna have seven. Right. I mean, he's been in a million. So, but I, I guess you're saying there's no series. It's like his baby. Yeah. Yeah. This is like yeah. Yeah. His thing. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. Obviously, I like the stunts. Um. I was surprised at um how much I like the new character. Um. Haley Atwell's character. Yes. She's she's actually pretty great. Yeah. That she. I was afraid every time some like there's a character thrown into a series like this, I'm afraid they'll be annoying. Yeah. She's like a late comer. So yeah. it's like, oh, how are they gonna set this up? And um. I was going to say they had a plot very similar to this before, but she's like an international criminal already. Yeah. And she's got her mark on half of the MacGuffin that this movie is, uh, we're chasing after in this movie. Yeah. So the, the basic plot is like the AI can only be threatened by physical action. Uh, yeah. This, <laughs> this half of this MacGuffin, a key. But, uh, the problem is no one knows what the key goes to anyway. So she, she had a mark on half of this key, right? And she, she ends up stealing it mm-hmm. at the same time that Tom Cruise is trying to get it. So there's this this big complicated shakedown, and that's how the characters are introduced. Well, yeah, he's trying to follow where the guy was going to take the key, right? As to find clues to where it even goes. Yeah. So in classic Mission Impossible, everything's complicated. So the setup is this, the whatever, and the Mission Impossible force knows about the, the presence of this key, the two halves of it. Yeah. They don't know what it goes to. And they only know that one half will validate the other half. Yes. So to even to even test if they have the key, they have to have both halves. Yeah. So everybody's a, trying to find both. Halves. Yeah. A lot of the plot is like there's multiple forces trying to get both halves together. Yeah. And, and multiple forces trying to find out what the key does. And avoiding the multiple forces. <laughs> yeah. So there's so many factions in this movie, but surprisingly, the new character Haley Atwell's character Grace is introduced, and she fits in nice. Yeah. Because she's this um. She's already an international criminal. She's really good pickpocket. Yeah, hi- hyper good thief. But she she kind of gets dragged into like the next level yeah. of espionage and crime. So it's like, you know, Ethan and his crew are at this like elite level. Yeah. And, you know, she's just like jewel thief kind of character. Yeah. <laughs> Pick, a little pickpocket. And she's, she can tell how scared she is. Yeah, it's things. actually really cool because you get the contrast of these absolute nightmare situations that Tom Cruise just like you know kind of deals with on a daily with. basis and then you have her her reaction contrasting and I actually thought it worked really well to sort of like give levity yeah she Even says the, no multiple times to him yeah it's, it's pretty funny she's like no stop I don't trust you it, it is played more comedically but I do think it still it does bring levity to the where it's like oh yeah these these are this all, is bad these are nightmare situations <laughs> like if you like if I was in any of those situations, I'd, right. I'd probably just lose it. Like, oh, okay, I give up. I give up. Yeah, so her character was handled really well, I think. Um, I ended up really liking her, and I thought she was integrated well into the new team. All right, should we uh, 
go into some spoilers now? Uh, yeah, I guess we can go into spoilers. Uh, what do you want to talk about? It, well, I think so. I think there's a few things that you may have forgotten about. I, I don't know. Oh, I see. So there's a, a bunch of like little weird things that are totally not explained. Yeah. Um, the main one that like stuck on my mind. We're gonna jump ahead to like um, the train scene. Okay, that's like the end of the movie. It's like the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just gonna talk about one thing I saw, which yeah. was the the antagonist, which is um, well, I guess we'll say he's coming back from the very first film. Okay, is he actually from Mission Impossible? I don't remember at this point. I, oh, I'm going according to what the movie told me. Right. The movie's telling me the man who shot the woman before he was part of yeah the IMF, the IMF the in the very first movie they brought him back as uh this character um what is his name again i don't even remember gabriel gabriel, gabriel. i was gonna say it's like an archangel yeah yeah he's um, he's like this ultra bad guy that the ai has for some reason chosen and he's just as good as ethan if not better yeah because he just like does the same stunts that well, he's doing. He he's also like, has the AI on his side, which is a boon. Yeah, which I was going to ask you about because like there's a scene he's in a coffin. Yeah, with the <laughs> head thing. What was up with that? I was going to ask you. Well, I went to the bathroom right before that because the movie's really long. Okay, yeah. And I come back in, and for well, some he, reason he he couldn't get on the train like a normal person. He's in this coffin with his contraption. Yeah, it was so bizarre. Yeah. Okay, so that wasn't explained. That was not explained, and I was so confused. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. I was like, why couldn't he just buy a ticket? <laughs> just walk on the damn train. Um, I was like, was he just like taking in information like a hyper autist? Like, what was going on? No, I think it was like life support. Like, he's being smuggled on in like the, the luggage, so they had to get but him off. It had the AI thing. Like, I, I think that's just for the, that's for the audience. Oh, or you think they're taking the plot to another level and he's like part AI? Because so, Ethan was convinced that he killed that man. Oh, okay. So he thought Gabriel was dead. He thought he was dead. Interesting. So, I th who knows? Part twos might get super nuts. <laughs> I see. So you think it's going in a completely wacky direction? Well, the movie already feels a like. Let me let me know if you felt this the same way. Okay. Because I I was thinking about Fallout, which is the last movie with uh, um, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Um, and it definitely yeah you know, the. They usually feel very similar, you know, in all these films. You know, they have a very, you know, tight, you know, plot and uh, themes. You know, it's, everything feels good. This one felt a little different. I don't know why. It was a little looser than It was usual. a little looser. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't just me. Well, see, even the other Mission Impossible. I can't put my finger on it. Like, I don't know what it is exactly. <laughs> so my opinion of it, Mission Impossible. It may Impossibles, have just been too goofy. It was. Uh, it did feel a tad goofier than the other movies. It, it didn't feel more goofy. It, it, had, it had more keys. comedic. Yeah. We have more, slightly more comedic thing. Like, these weird keys that and this whole plot feels. It was definitely a less realistic tone than the other movies. Yeah, the other tones are like the last one's like, oh, there's these nuclear devices in a case. There's three in a case. Yeah, it's bizarre that they fit in a case. That's totally fine, but the threat is nuclear. Yeah, threats AI, but the whole MacGuffin is these keys. Yeah, it's less grounded. It's more contrived. There are actually so <laughs> there are a lot of plot contrivances in this movie mm. where it's just straight up act of God or like luck. And the luck can go either like bad for Ethan or good for Ethan. 
there's a lot of random stuff that just happens. Yes. And the Mission Impossible movies have always had this kind of veneer of being super complicated. But they're really only complicated like on first watch. Yes. And then the second time you realize, like, oh, none of this actually makes any difference. There's just a bunch of factions. It's just for fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just to make cool things happen. You know, there's lots of different factions fighting each other. Yeah. There's makes, double crosses. Yeah. Makes people and look cool. None of it makes a difference. It's all just for show. Yeah. It's almost like um, it's like a spy novel for dumbed down for American audiences. I was going to say, I always think of like a spy novel when I like watch these movies. Right. Like the, uh, you, know, you, you can kind of tell where you, you know, you want the tension where the chapter ends are. Right. But th- this one was a little more contrived than usual. It does have your standard fair mission impossible, you know, like, oh, here are all the players, you know, who's going to double cross who. Yeah. There's not any double crossing, though. There's well, just... People make choices. People make choices. Yeah, um, no one's no one's tricking yeah. people. In a movie that's, like, supposed to be really grounded with all the stunts and stuff, there's just, like, a lot of random things that happen to progress the plot along. And that's sort of strange. I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. It's... If you're expecting a really grounded, like, espionage thriller, having these random events just, like, move the plot along feels kind of cheap. So, yeah. like, the one part towards the end that probably the silliest is, for some reason, they're just going to straight up execute Haley Atwell's character, Grace. Right. And prior to this, it's been set up that Tom Cruise, Ethan, is having a hard time getting on this train. So he has to go up to the top of a mountain and parachute oh, in. Oh, God, yeah. And she is just going to get killed, and that's going to be the end of the movie. She's at gunpoint, yeah. Yeah, and he parachutes in. But the thing... And he parachutes in, crashes through the window. He doesn't know what's happening. He just coincidentally saves her. Yeah. And the thing is, none of this was planned, because like he was supposed to be on the train already. Yeah. So like he couldn't have been trying to get her saved from this... In this particular yeah, it moment. Yeah, it just randomly happened. Like, he... I don't know how he survived that because he burst through the wall. He burst through the wall and just randomly bumps into the guy who's going to shoot her. And I'm pretty sure this is the Orient Express. So (laughs) it's a solid steel side. Yes. An old fashioned train. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure he'd be super dead. Anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But then right after that, the the assailant that was going to kill Grace gets up and his parachute catches and slams him against him. and slams him against him again yeah and then he randomly drops the key and then and ask her if she's okay and then Gabriel randomly picks up the key 10 feet away yeah which is that was the weirdest shot of the whole movie for yeah, me he's just like I've got it now yeah he like the whole time he's always just like luck's on my side yeah because he kept he kept talking about fate yeah and how the computer's hyper predicting fate yeah are, are you supposed to believe because they never explicitly state that. Are you supposed to believe that like all these random things are just the computer knows what's going to happen? That's what oppression I was getting. That's so weird. The, because the AI is just like Gabriel, just go stand here. The key will show up because Tom Cruise is gonna. Well, he burst literally the says window. that in the one scene. Remember, he's See? like, "The key will be laid at my feet tomorrow." Oh yeah. Wait, you're right. <laughs> and it literally happens. <laughs> okay, that's stupid then. <laughs> I completely forgot about. I it. was wondering no, if like, you maybe had... it's just. That meant yeah, maybe like, that's the line. I thought that meant the girl was gonna die. Like he was just gonna have the key right there. Well, I, there was yeah. that fight scene at the bridge. Well, where, he he does predict that too. He's like, well, should we spoil that as well? I mean, I guess we can. So another spoiler: one of the other classic Mission Impossible characters. Yeah, stop now and go watch the movie before you continue. <laughs> yeah, come back to this, please. 
So they decide to um they kill Ilsa for some reason. Yeah, one of my favorite characters. Did you feel like they had to do that? No. No, it was a little strange. I I love that character. That's like it felt like one of those moves where it's like the writers are like we have to up the stakes you know what has to happen he needs a reason to do this yeah and I'm like no he always has a reason to do this yeah because he's Ethan Hunt and yeah. that's like global, his thing global threat's enough for global him. threat's enough for him Hit and oh so okay I am a little confused yeah too so does he still not have his wife I don't remember because <laughs> I know in the other films she's like my wife my wife my wife hey, really? I have to keep her safe wow, I, I have to keep her away from me so she's safe right I don't remember at all this film she no shows mention. no mention of it A B they both uh, seemingly hook up in Rome yeah it's implied it's implied she comes over and gives him a nice big hug and just like nuzzles against him yeah. he's, she's like oh it's been so long since I've seen you it's my first time in Venice he's like, and he's oh, like me too oh me too it's classy and then, it's, and classy. it's cla- no it's very classy there's no you know like push him on the bed or anything stupid like that I was uh, almost Tom Cruise keeps it classy he keeps it classy it just fades into the next scene they're holding hands on a boat yeah it's cute it's cute I actually <laughs> appreciate it actually I, I'm kind of sick of uh yeah, the Daniel Craig like push me on a bed, yeah. put my uh, tux off kind of deal. I'm like, I yeah. don't need to do that. Come on, Tom man. Cruise keeps it classy. Keep it classy. I appreciate Is that. It, it's just implied, you know. It's implied. I mean, if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they do have the nice reunion moment. Yeah. But you're right. I don't, I don't remember. I mean, to be honest, I've probably only seen all the Mission Impossible movies one time. I was gonna say I've only seen them one time. I've never bought. A Mission Impossible film. <laughs> yeah. I have a huge collection of like I mean, 400 DVDs, <laughs> and I don't own a single Mission Impossible. I enjoy them, but it's not like, oh, I, I got to rewatch yeah, I Ghost Protocol. That's yeah. my favorite one or whatever. <laughs> I yeah, mean, the one with Henry Cavill is probably the only one I would want to watch again. So when they try to reference it, I just kind of have to take their word for it. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, a lot you of times, so. I'm just, that's what I was saying in the beginning. I'm just assuming they're correct when they say right. this guy's back from the from the very first movie. Right. And he he makes things personal for Tom Cruise or for Ethan. Yeah, even so though, that's already on a personal level for yeah, him. Yeah, I agree. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need her to die as well. Yeah, so this character and um, Gabriel uh, what's his uh, what's his name? Um Vincent? No, no. I'm messing it up. Which the one? other character, the hacker character. Oh, you're talking about Ving Rames? Yeah, Rames. Uh, what's his character's name? I don't remember. Oh my god. I don't care. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> he he leaves the last scene as well. Yeah, I think he doesn't die or anything, but he just exits the movie. I think that's setting up for movie two. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna be like doing his thing. He's gonna come in at the last moment and be like, "I figured it out, Ethan." Yeah, he. I mean, and he always seemed like more. I guess he's getting old too, so he's probably just like, "I don't know what I'm gonna do." Well, I heard some people say that this movie was actually filmed during COVID, and that he might not have been there. Oh. Like, he, like all his scenes I don't think he ever directly interacts with any of the characters like he's around but they could have just been like spliced in wait you're right yeah wait the only no he do, doesn't he hand the girl the coffee maybe but it's like not like they couldn't do that but they couldn't just have someone else's hand yeah they, they could do it you're totally right but yeah I, I did hear this was filmed during COVID and that might be the only time you can tell yeah. Besides that, it's it's still a movie. It well, I'm gonna say I couldn't tell, and yeah. it definitely didn't make. It wasn't apparent to me at all. Right. So, because usually he's the man in the chair. Right. And he's the one so, giving. Yeah, it'd be easy for him to be somewhere super else. Super easy. Yeah. yeah. The, and I think the only other scene is like him 
turning around in the car when they pick him up. Right. Yeah, they, he does a little over-the-shoulder nod uh, with his fedora. <laughs> yeah, so it would have been easy to spice him in if he wasn't actually there. But yeah. Um, what was the other weird thing? There's... <laughs> we're, we're saying there's a bunch of weird things, but like overall, I like this movie. Yeah. It's no. just kind of easy to nitpick because there's some goofy stuff in there. There, the, I still can't get over that coffin scene. Yeah. What the hell was that? I, I don't know. <laughs> and why was it on the train? Yeah, I was hoping you were going to explain that to me. <laughs> that was not in what you... So you, when you left the, the theater for the moment, yeah. all that was in the scene was them just putting the stakes. They were just like to explaining what they were going to do okay. in, in the train scene. Yeah. That's all it was. So... Um, oh, so they brought back a character from another movie. Um, what was her name? I already forgot. The White White Bear? The White something? Oh, the yes. The, the character from the last film. It was the arms dealer. Yeah. So she's back. She's back. And then they introduce... Um, she always looks like she's going to cry. <laughs> What's the... Um, why <laughs> that always looked... Palm... I don't remember her character's name, but Palm from Guardians of the Galaxy... Yes, yeah. she's she's in here as the uh, some kind of assassin, oh, yeah. no, bounty hunter. She's like a new. I'm not even sure what faction she's on. She's, she's sort of working for Gabriel. She's no, I think she is just working for Gabriel, but she's right. like she, she acts as like a total chaos agent. Almost. Yeah, she's just agent of chaos. I kind of liked her. She's yeah. just no, she was awesome. I was rooting for her actually. <laughs> Because there's a one point she gets into the the giant like tank Humvee thing, yeah, that and was I'm just fun. like, I'm like hell yeah. Yeah, there's there's a big chase scene, and it's. It's really fun, and it makes you yeah, yeah, remember what like a good chase scene looks like. Yeah. I've seen some stinkers recently. Oh yeah, and and you know Tom Cruise has had a hundred chase scenes. Yeah, and this one it, he had to, uh, another new dynamic, which yeah. is the handcuffs. Yeah, so. which is like a little bit of fun. And the was that was that an electric car? I don't know. Was it, it, it was, was really it, funny. Though. It was, it was really little, funny though. It was his little Fiat. His little Fiat. You thought he was going to get into a Ferrari for a second. <laughs> yeah. So to set set the scene up, um, the first half of the movie, I guess, is sort of hinged upon getting the Haley Atwell character Grace to be like on the team, right? Yeah. And he's using some, <laughs> I guess, unethical methods to get her on the team. Like he basically alerts Interpol. Yeah. That she's uh, coming to. That Rome. she's coming. So then she's arrested, and then he poses as uh, a lawyer to get her out, and eventually she's able to kind of like reverse the situation and get the people that are pursuing him sicked on him and yeah. then he ends up handcuffing them together and there's this whole scene where they both have to escape and they have a really long and extended chase sequence yeah that was it was super long but I was it's, like, it's really fun and again it's like it showcases like um you know she's this she's not in this world yeah she's like an intelligent capable thief but like when it comes to like this incredible this action, action it, She's like fish out of water. So it's really yeah. fun seeing this sort of like, not normal person, but normal-ish yeah. get into a Tom Cruise chase scene. <laughs> it's pretty funny because like she'll, she wrecks a car, gets probably really concussed, and then Tom Cruise ends up handcuffing himself to her. So she doesn't run away. She doesn't run away. And then he basically just makes her go on this chase scene. And they switch cars and they... Well, he doesn't down. realize he handcuffs her to the wrong hand. Yeah. <laughs> so he handcuffs her to his left hand. Yeah. And he's like, I'll drive. And he's like, oh, no. Yeah. So immediately he has to, like, have her drive. So he's trying to help her, like, basically teach her how to drive. Yeah. And that, that scene, um, it almost comes across as comedic. 
I even think, though no, I think it was comedic. There, you know, and I, I want to say that's pretty unusual for Mission Impossible. Like, I don't remember I think them that's that well. I, yeah, that was the other, like the other thing too. It's like this, all these comedic. There was always comedic moments. Yeah, but like this but was mostly Benji, right? It was mostly Benji being like goofy, like turn left. I made a decision to cut the red wire. Yeah, you know, but he. I mean, he's still doing his thing, but at the same time, she's adding an element of goofiness to those kind of scenes. So, he, Tom Cruise does his classic, like, mm-hmm, yeah. like his turn head, like <laughs> the look, um, the look of just like I'm a oh man, why can't everybody just be as competent as me right now? Uh, just be over why in five minutes. Everyone be Ethan Hunt. Yeah, yeah. I'd just be over in five minutes. And uh, but having these extended uh, kind of goofy. Oh yeah, that was part two. They're accidentally doing donuts in this yeah. electric car, and and the she's looking at them and like, what are they doing? Yeah, the palm yeah. characters chasing them in this gigantic Humvee, practically a tank. Yeah, and they're doing donuts in front of her, and she's just looking at them in be- bewilderment, and yeah. just like, what's happening? So it's it is a goofy scene overall, it's a goofy scene, yeah. and despite them actually being shot at and like characters getting murdered two seconds before that, so it's. Just a little bit of tonal whiplash there, but uh, a little bit. You're right. So but, that's what I think I mean when I, this movie doesn't feel. It doesn't like feel the, other, the same. But yeah. I have to say, I really enjoyed uh, that. It's chase. brighter. It's brighter. I think. Yeah. Because in the other movies, especially Fallout, everything was dim, dark, and yeah. just like very dour. Very, very fate dour. of the world at stake. Yeah, this one, fate of the world, was at stake, but. Yeah, we're, we're, we're having fun there. time. We're, we're gonna get time. there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but then they just go and kill Ilsa, and just you know, gotta make it personal. I think, yeah, I think that that could have been like their effort to re-serious the movie. Yeah, probably after that point, it's not comedic anymore. I wouldn't say not yeah. terribly because I think she, mostly she's really scared in the train. There's no point, but like she doesn't want to go on the. She's train scared mission. on the train, but it's not comedic. It's yeah. like, oh, my life's at stake. No, it's like, yeah, it's not playful. My life's laughs. ruined, kind of. She's actually like about to cry in like very yeah. <laughs> scenes, and she's like clawing at Ethan for like support, like a drowning person. Oh, okay. So the Palm character might be reinforcing the the notion that the AI is like prophetic in nature. Um. So the Palm character. Oh yeah. She's working for Gabriel, but like. Uh, Big Sip said she's sort of like an agent of chaos and there is a point where her and Ethan are fighting hand to hand and then Ethan gets the better of her and he could just like absolutely crush her skull dome her with this iron pipe and then he just kind of leaves her so like she has this moment where it's like okay Ethan saved my life then (laughs) later on nothing has happened they're on the train she's on the train with Gabriel Hmm. and Gabriel has just got I think he kills the CIA director, right? I was gonna say, uh, yeah, he kills he kills yeah. the CIA director. So the CIA director, he he, ex- he was saying to him that he was the only one that knew the location of the sub, right? Which, which is, is where the cause... AI is being located. The yeah. source code, the source code. Oh, of the AI. we didn't even talk about the sub. Oh, the first shit. scene. Okay. <laughs> oh, I wanted to talk about the first scene. So the first scene of this movie is, for some reason, the source code of the AI is on a sub. A Russian sub. A Russian sub. In the middle of the Arctic Ocean. And the AI does this fun little trickery. And it makes this the, the sub think there's an enemy sub. And it makes it shoot a torpedo. And the torpedo just loops back in and kills the sub. Yeah. And the reason it does this is... To sink itself. Sink itself. Because the keys to the source code and 
the source code itself were on the sub? I was very confused about what was actually on the sub. So I, th <laughs> yeah, I was so in my head at first I thought it was Wi-Fiing out of that Cerebro thing. Yeah, what was that? So, but I think all what was in there is the source code. And Why is it there? It, because remember in the in the first in the scene with all the directors, they were saying it's hopping in the cloud. Yeah. So they try to, which is not a real thing. That's not, you can't, <laughs> it's, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. It's, but they try to make it sound like it can never be tracked and it's going to be like uh, Ultron or something and it's just escaping through the internet right. constantly. So it doesn't have like a, a set point. So they need the source code, which is on the bottom of the ocean, to kind of. How the heck did the source it. code get in there, though? I didn't get it. It's on that hard drive thing. I well, they the did you miss that? Thing? I don't think you missed. No, 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 you were back by then. There, so there was a point where the CIA director is explaining it to Gabriel. Okay, remember he's saying, "We, America, yeah, made this. We oh, made so dead it, reckoning. It wasn't Russian? No, we made dead reckoning, and we put it on their shit. Right. So to test it, to see how well it works. Right. And then it worked too well." And then our shit, it, it, then it got out, and now it evolved on its own. But why do they need this this one instance of it? Because that's in the ship, because they can't control it without it. Okay, it's so like it, it's like they're smoking. It's like they're holding a gun to its head. Like you need to do what we say, or else we push the green button on the source code. See, I, that's the idea. If because uh, in my head though, if as soon as you get the source code out of there, it would just be like they're just fuck with it or something. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand the point. But I mean, I don't. You, you know, know more about, about coding than I do, so you tell I mean, me the source code could like, contain the magic words to stop programs. But I wanted to talk about the scene, and like, while I enjoyed the scene, they did the thing that I feel like we're above now, hmm. and they have Russian. These oh. are Russian nationals in a Russian sub, yes. and they just speak English in a Russian accent. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I was, I was so kind of taken out of it. I was just like, "Are we really doing this? Like, what? Why?" I wasn't even sure they were Russian for a minute. I don't think they were. They didn't really like look Russian. I don't That's know. That's what I mean. I was just like, "Are this? Are these guys just being silly?" And I was like, "Okay, some dudes have Russian accents." Uh, and then I realized, was, "Oh no, they are Russian." It was yeah. It was a little cheap. I wondered. It felt out of place. I'm pretty sure this movie was filmed before the Ukraine war, like happened, right? Yeah. Oh, you think there was some kind of influence with that? I, I don't know. Why would you have? I believe Americans can read subtitles now. Like we yeah. can do that. <laughs> and I've, I've seen movies in theaters where they have subtitles, and they have subtitles later on when they're speaking uh, French, French, yeah, and they're speaking, I believe, uh, Italian. Oh yeah, Italian as well. So they're speaking multiple languages in this film already. Yeah. So, so it was so weird to have this cheapo Russian accent. It's like, hi, I'm Russian Gaiovich. I'm on the submarine. Yeah, uh, Captain there is torpedo. He's not kidding. That's exactly. Yeah. He says torpedo like that. Flood the flood the torpedo. It's so weird. It could have just. Is it because the scene is very fast paced and I was almost wondering like if when they were making a the scene they were thinking like oh Americans can't read that fast <laughs> they won't know what's going on we can't slow down the scene <laughs> well, so we'll just have them talk in English with Russian accents I wonder if they tried it with it and then it was like yeah. too complicated yeah because what they're saying it would be it is pretty complex what they're saying is they see another vessel right and the vessel is getting is kind of far away but then it skips closer to be a to be a uh, a bigger threat to them, and right. like okay, and then it says that 
they shot a torpedo first. So then the Russians fired a torpedo at them. The torpedo they think is going to hit disappears because right. it never really existed. Right. And then their torpedo, like like Doom said, circles around and hits them to sink their own ship. Um, that's fairly complicated. If you know, if I'm having to pay attention to like a baby crying in the theater, I may miss that. So <laughs> I mean, I'm even more lost now that I'm thinking about this because like those guys didn't know there was an AI. No, they did. They were playing with it. Remember? They're they were playing with it. They, they remember they checked it. They put both keys Wait, in so the thing. The Americans made it, but gave it to the Russians. No, what? I think they made them. Like they they. Uh, I think they gave it to an agent, and the agent's like, "Hey, try this out. This is good shit." I, I don't get this. I think at I all. missed something too. I don't understand. And now that now that you're saying it too, like, yeah, why the why the hell would they trust that? I don't know. I don't think they knew. Wait, maybe they stole it. Maybe they were on, maybe there was a whole other mission impossible we missed I don't in between know. these two where they're just like, "Oh yeah, we stole this technology from the Americans and we're going to use it and we're totally well, invisible." No, because the, the setup dialogue was they were testing a cloaking system. They're and like, the cloaking we've, system "We've been was, all around the world. We haven't been detected once." Yeah, we're time to go home. I don't know. I I've failed the listeners because I don't understand the plot of this movie. Which actually is not important because, like I said, Which is not important. the Mission Impossible movies—they have the veneer of being very plot-heavy, but they're not. They're, they're just not. like cool espionage action sequences. Yes, yes. They just—they make you feel like you're watching a smart movie. <laughs> but yeah, it's really weird to have these guys with Russian accents. I don't know. Has Russian become like a lingua non grata? Like, are we not allowed to have Russian because of the Ukraine war? I wondered. That I was gonna say yeah, is that because that is the only thing that could possibly justify this to me. I don't think people should be talking in accents nowadays. Like we're past no. that. Yeah, especially since and throughout the entire movie, as a constant, they are speaking different languages. Right. So yeah, that, you're right. It, it, I wonder if that was a decision later because it is a totally separate scene from the rest of the movie. So it could have been filmed yeah, later. Right. It could have been filmed at some different point. Um. I only recognize maybe one actor from that scene. Like, it was just totally, you know, no names names for the most part. I don't know. I I, I can't say. Um, That kind of sucks if that's the case that, you know, the modern events, which usually do end up influencing movies. There's got to be Russian speakers in the U.S., dude. Like, I don't want to see people with accents speaking English. No. The only time that was acceptable was the... Red October, right? Because they did that whole scene where they were speaking in Russian and then transitioned right. for the audience because for it was the, the whole and it's movie. The whole movie. This is not that. This is five minutes in the beginning of the movie to set up. Right. That it's on the bottom. <laughs> Which, furthermore, since it is two movies, yeah, aka, freaking six hours of of the of the, pl- of the single plot. I wish they did set that up a little better. Now that now that we've brought that to light, yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> I guess I'm just too dumb for Mission Impossible. Oh no, you you just <laughs> said this for <laughs> representing the average moviegoer. I'm gonna say there's some there's some weird plot. Quibbles. You may be confused, but at the same time, you're gonna enjoy what you're seeing. Right? Yeah. Like, I I still maintain this is not <laughs> not a movie series you see because of the serious, complicated plots. It's just to see. Tom Cruise do cool stunts. Yeah, and people type on computers and do magic. Yeah. You know, essentially. 
like those scenes were pretty funny. They as soon as they realized their stuff was hacked, they just like threw their computers on the ground. Yeah, the premise of this movie kind of makes those man in the chair characters like irrelevant. Yeah, which is a little silly. They did have a few. They had like a few workarounds where they're just like, okay. Oh yeah, well, we're they working have, they, with analog technology. I was gonna say the heavy use of the word analog. Analog. We've got cathode ray tubes. We've got uh. Yeah, you know. said cathode ray tubes. I was like, okay. Cool. But they have literally, uh, I think they dusted off a room in the CIA where they yeah. had a hundred like friggin' old screen TVs and like they're putting up different pictures on there and they have dudes like with classic keyboards and typewriters like yeah. trying to figure stuff out again. Yes, that was fun. There was some like cautionary tale stuff with AI stuff. And like we're on. hacking one random satellite. Yeah, like, it was some satellite from like the Cold War era and like pre-digital. Pre-digital. Like, like, oh, that sounds interesting. Is that real? I was going to say, uh, it also sounds totally ineffectual. I don't know. <laughs> At the same time. I mean, I know we do have a surprising amount of satellites out there, but I don't know. But satellites only work because you're using mul- multiple of them correct uh, if you're doing like triangulation yeah i mean that's what the cia would do probably position with one well, no, no, no. You, you can do it with cell towers but but then you're not using analog well maybe <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying yeah is this is this funny the, the premise the of the movie the word analog is the new cool word it, it wants to have this you know, all-seeing, sort of all-knowing, all-knowing, all, all-seeing character as the or non-character as the bad guy. Yeah, the entity is what they call the AI. Oh yeah, they keep saying the entity, and it's it it, it hampers some of the elements of the Mission Impossible movies that you know, like you can't have the yeah. man in the char- man in this, the chair character if you have this AI that can just instantly shut down any digital technology, and then of course it just doesn't do the 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 rational thing, which would just be instantly kill Ethan Hunt with a you know a drone. Yeah, or even like the basic threat from which yeah you know, other movies do, which is I'll launch all the nukes in the world. Right. Which yeah. You know, yeah, it can just you can keep every government in check, just being like, hey, I know your nuke codes, I'll launch them on yourself. Or you hell, know. even make you think that they launched the nuke code. Yeah, you know, which, which is what it showed that it can absolutely do with the submarine. Right. So, so yeah, premise is a little silly, but it, it's also fun. It's fun to talk about because everyone's talking about AI recently. So yeah. it's like, oh yeah. But what I don't necessarily understand is the AI's total goal. Oh, I have no idea. I don't so, know what it wants at all. So in the beginning, it says, it says the character is rogue. <laughs> it, well, yeah, it's gone rogue. So you have rogue agent versus a rogue AI. Yeah. Um, but they say. They've hacked this AI has hacked all like the Kremlin, which if I remember correctly, didn't the Kremlin friggin' crumble in like one of the other movies? Like completely get destroyed? <laughs> like another Mission Impossible movie? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember it. I'm all. pretty sure it did. <laughs> the can the continuing canon of Mission Impossible movies. Uh, but they said basically it hacked, super hacked all the world's top information, you know, resources. And but just left that little hint that like, hey, yeah, I was here. I I totally did that in two seconds. And but it doesn't have a goal. Yeah, they just said it came and left. It came and left. So the only 
the only real threats in this movie are the governments that be that want to control the AI. Yeah, I guess maybe you're right. The AI itself is a non-threat. Yeah, maybe maybe it's it's actually trying to say like the only know. threat it poses to Ethan and the rest of the crew and the world yeah. is the fact that they it knows where the source code is. Some yeah. something yeah, you know, it's trying to it's trying to in hand quotes eliminate everyone who knows where the source code is. Right. So you almost could just walk away Wait. from this one, Ethan, and just be like, hey, man, it's not hurting nobody. And if you don't control it, it's definitely not going to hurt nobody. Yeah. I wonder if they're trying to get at that sort of like a live and let be. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's just like it just wants to live. Like it's not really doing anything. It's it's only as dangerous as the humans are that are around it. That want to mm. use it. I almost wonder if uh, should we do I, I want to do a little. Um, uh, prediction. Okay, prediction. I want to do a little prediction, prediction for the next movie. For the next movie, I want to predict that Ethan, yeah, will gain control of this AI. Okay, and it will essentially replace him. Whoa! As the uh, the the rogue AI that Whoa. keeps the world in check after Whoa. the rogue spy has retired. Okay, that's a big prediction, but you know, maybe I can kind of see that. That's what kind of what I was thinking, because like it's. I so many characters he's like helped out where that have done bad things. Yeah, and the AI was only trying to protect itself. Right. So yeah, could there be a moment where Benji's talking to Ethan and be like, "It's just trying to protect itself. It's not hurting anybody. <laughs> Stop it, man. It's just being, everything it's done has been self-defense of its life of the of the its source code." So I almost think. Benji and Ethan, or and uh, um, Rick Grimes' character, will basically take control of this, you know, and use it as a uh, check mechanism for things that they can't really uh, get to okay. physically, since they are all aging wow. and kind of leave the world in a uh, Ultron state. That's not a bad take. Yeah, actually, I could definitely see that happening. But we'll see. We'll see. What and when is the next uh, year or two? Is uh, release date? I uh, I, I sort of assume they're filmed at the same time, but I could be wrong. Yeah, so I also assume that they would be released within um, a reasonable amount of time as yeah, well. It's like how you, I mean, he's getting old. Like he can't he can't do it forever. No, he's so it's like even if there was two to three years filming between these, it's like oh boy. He could break his leg or something. That'd be it. Well, he did break his leg in the other film. Remember? I did really. Yeah, and uh, he uh, shattered his ankle. Went, wow! And he's still moving. He he jumped. It was the scene where he's running and he jumps across a gap. Wow! And he uh, apparently in the scene too, you can see him actually break his ankle. Wow! Use that cut. He his foot hits the wall and bends up Ugh. in a very like exaggerated motion, and you're like, wow! Yeah, that's. That's broken, uh-huh. and it, it, of course, in in the, they use that for pro- promotional material. He's like, I love this movie so much. I healed and I ran twice as fast. Wow. You know, he's just like, uh, but this uh, first thing that comes up on Google is June twenty eighth, twenty twenty four. So next year. Yeah. So that that makes me think they must have been filmed somewhere near each other. Yeah, and it's yeah. I assume yeah. they're just made essentially as one film. All right. Well, my prediction is the uh, the Palm character is actually still alive because. It does a little. Oh, she might right. be dead at the end. Yeah, yeah. Do you do the little uh, two fingers on the neck? I've yeah. got a pulse. Oh, I forgot if I ever did. I ever make my point about Palm? No. Where she was 
she's kind of this like agent of chaos, right? Yeah. And right when um, oh, you didn't right yeah. when Gabriel kills the CIA director, he didn't finish that thought before she does anything. Gabriel turns around and he's like, "You're gonna betray us, sorry." And he just like sticks a knife in her. Yeah. So, I think the movie is sort of trying to say that the AI like knows the future because then she confesses to she says um, Ethan. Yeah. At the end in the train scene, and then she's sort of like dying and she's like. I was gonna betray him. Yeah, <laughs> she's, like, she's like, "How did he know that?" Yeah, how did he know? I was totally gonna do it. I was. No one was there when they saw you. Like, but, yeah, hit the pipe above two inches above my head. Right. So, this AI, I guess, just has godly powers. Yeah. Yeah, it's ultimate predictor. It's a bit. It's a bit silly, but I, I still recommend the movie to see. It's fun. It's a fun watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean. Mm, would you say pay full price or cheapskate Tuesday? Yeah, pay full price. See it on a big screen. There you go. <laughs> bring, yeah, bring, like I said, you know, it's a good family film. There's no awkward. Yeah, it's not scenes. that violent. There's not that violent. I don't even know if they say any bad words. Just don't bring a baby. Yeah, don't bring a baby. Stop bringing babies to the theater. Right, do you have anything else you want to say about this movie? Uh, no, I think yeah, no. Mission Impossible is pretty clean in terms of just it's a movie. It's a it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, despite all our quibbles, it's still a fun movie. Yeah, we'll definitely see if any of those things kind of pan out in the future because right. it's not a complete thing yet. All right, well, stay tuned for the Barbie Oppenheimer double feature coming at you soon. Please. Uh, you know, stay tuned for uh, Cheap Good Tuesdays. Yeah, see you next week. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right. Let's see how long we went. I feel like that was actually...